What's up, everybody, and welcome to B2B Made Simple. If you're passionate about marketing, you're in the right place. Whether you're doing marketing for a brand new startup or a $100 million enterprise, you'll learn strategies that'll help you build a solid team, impact your pipeline, and look like an absolute rock star to upper management. Why? Because these guys are the pros. They're not pretending to know the industry, they're in the trenches on a daily basis. My name is Sam Moss. I'm the co-founder of One Click Agency. We build websites for B2B companies, and I'm also the co-host of this podcast. If your goal is to become the marketer everyone else looks up to, keep listening. Welcome to the Marketing and Sales Toolkit with your host, Drisha Srani. Today, we will be speaking to Sam Moss on the topic of web strategy, how to leverage your website to work for you. Thank you so much for joining us, Sam. It's a real pleasure to have you here. Thanks so much, man. I appreciate the invite. So let's begin with first impressions. What's, what is your goal when you attract a visitor, attract a potential client um, over the first five to seconds when he lands on your web page? What is your goal? What is your purpose to have this person take away? Yeah. So obviously you want to capture their attention. Um, so we live in such a fast paced world where everyone wants answers for things now. So they don't want to do research and try and dig to figure out what you do. Um, so what we do um, and what we teach our, our clients is you want to answer three questions before you ever scroll. And I'll give you those three questions in a minute. And the reason before you scroll is remember people don't want to do homework. Um, so those three questions are, what do you do? Um, how are you going to make their life better and how do they buy from you? So without scrolling in the least amount of words as possible, you need to answer those three questions. Um, and that's the goal that we have with every single website. Um, just make it clear and make it simple so they don't have to try and figure it out on their own. People don't want to, to burn those brain calories trying to do it. All right. Okay. No, that is great. So you're trying to give them a little piece of information mm-hmm. as much as possible. Are you trying to sell them anything at this point? Yeah. So you can put a, a call to action button. So you want, you want to give them an option to buy from there Just say, Hey, buy now or get a quote or call now, whatever it is that you want them to do. You can certainly do that. Um, because some people will, will are looking for that button immediately. Um, and if people want to find out more then they can scroll, the reason you want to keep it clear and simple like that is for the people that don't want to get overwhelmed and try and figure out what you do in today's culture. Like I said before, um, whoever can tell someone what they do the quickest, um, they're going to win. Um, the quickest and the clearest wins every single time. Right. Okay. No, I see that with websites. I see that a lot with social media that you have a very, very limited time span to actually capture yeah. people's attention. I believe it's something like three seconds according to Facebook. To actually it, yeah, it's crazy. It's crazy. Right. Okay. And so now that we understand that, you know, the three things that you need to have on your website, how do you structure your website language and content that makes it the most friendly and makes the people feel most welcome onto your website? Yeah. So the biggest thing that I would say is don't use industry lingo. And what I mean by that are just big words that make you sound smart. So in my case, I could say um, optimization and SEO and development and all kinds of just metrics and analytics. And everyone would be like, what? I mean, if someone is a business owner and they're not really familiar with that stuff and they come to my website and I just have tons of language that I think makes me sound smart, they're going to get turned off and go to someone else that they understand. So it's a really bad and dangerous trap to fall into really with any industry um, and any marketing 
even in just conversation, but especially with a website, speak extremely clear. Um, and, and really what it does is if you can speak at a, at a, with the language that they understand, if you can explain your product or your service really simply, it shows that you understand it that much more. Um, so it's, like I said, it's a dangerous trap to fall into when it comes to trying to sound really smart, but don't write your words, keep it simple, keep it clean. And if you have to use some industry lingo, you can put it in there, but the main points just keep it clean, clear, and concise. Because like I said, people don't want to burn those brain calories. Right. Okay. That makes sense. And then, so is it that when you jump into the website further and go into the further features, that's when, you know, you show your expertise and show your understanding of the industry lingo, or do you still keep it simple once you like, once you have people dive into your website or features? So you can, my goal is always to keep it as simple as possible, but some industries just require that industry lingo and you have to put that in there. I would definitely encourage you to put it further down the website. Um, so when someone comes to a website, you actually have your intellectual buyers who will want um, that information and they're going to be willing to scroll down and find it. But your buyers that are just there and kind of checking them out, they may not be interested in that. So definitely include it, um, but it's not something that needs to be first and foremost on the website. Remember, keep it clear, keep it uh, simple at first. All right. Now that, that sounds good. So a lot of websites are all about their company, their goals, their missions, their story. How can we change this around to make it more effective for a customer that comes onto the website? Mm-hmm. It's, it's really such a fine line um, because obviously you want to build credibility for yourself. Um, you want to show that you know what you're doing. Um, but what I like to say is always point the spotlight back to your customer. Um, and the reason we say that is because your customer wants to be the hero and they want to know how you're going to solve their problems. And if you just go around saying, hey, we're the best at this, we are, uh, you know, the number one safety rated uh, vehicle in the United States, come buy from us. And it's like, oh, it's just kind of a turnoff. You can still portray that success um, and have some awards and you can just, it really just depends on how you word it. You can say, um, this is how much we love helping people just like you. And we've gotten some awards to even show for it. It's just really all on how you um, portray it to the customer. Don't be bragging. Um, that's one of the biggest things that we found is just be nice. Show them that you do it for them. And that's why you just love working with people like them and point that spotlight right back at them because they love it. They'll soak it right up. All right. Now that, that, is, that is very interesting because people do put a lot of awards. They win a lot of awards. And there's a, there's a way to portray it. You know, there's one way to brag about it. But then there's a way that you can transform it a little bit, like you said, to making it, you know, we got the best, let's say, facility management service in the world. We do this to make your life better. And exactly. suddenly, it, suddenly it becomes like, oh, I feel good. Okay. The clients that they have, they really trust them. Maybe I can trust them too. Exactly. Yeah. All right. Now that makes sense. So a lot of like, there's a lot of talk about using websites, not to demonstrate your features, but to demonstrate the problems that you solve instead could you maybe explain how that works or how people should structure their website around this exactly so excuse me so let's say we have a landscaper and you can say that you cut grass i mean that's good that's something that they need help with that's a feature that you um provide that's a service that you provide um but instead 
you want to explain, just like you said, the problem that you solve. So cutting grass isn't really a problem, but the problem might be they're out there every single weekend with, you know, wasting the time they could be with their family out on the lake, uh, out with friends in a barbecue, out with their family uh, camping, whatever it is they like to do. And that's the problem that you're solving. So you're solving um, the time issue. You know what I mean? So not everybody likes mowing their grass. And like I said before, you can just cut grass and that's great. And some people will hire you. But as soon as you address the issue that you're solving, even if they don't know it quite yet, that's another point. Um, even if they don't know it yet, bring it to light. So, you know, we help you get your weekends back. Um, you'll never be out on a Saturday mowing your lawn again. And I mean, that would spark something in your mind like, oh yeah, I am out every single Saturday. I I used to like mowing my grass and now I just, it's really tough to find the time. So as soon as I come across language like that, I'm like, oh man, I, maybe I should hire someone to mow my grass. So speak to the problems. Don't necessarily speak to the features. Um, people, it all boils down to them wanting to solve, uh, you solve the issues that they have. Okay. So I get it. So it's showing them what they can be. So it's the opportunity, opportunity cost. You show them what they can be doing with their time mm -hmm. or with their resources or with yeah. their employees and then show them a, a future, a nice future that, Oh, you get your weekends back or, Oh, you know, you get yeah. spend more time with your family or you get to save some money. So that works very well. All right. Mm -hmm. So building an F, uh, building a website is obviously some effort and not everybody have, has that skills or that background to actually develop that website. And so many people tend to resort to Facebook or Instagram or other social media to, you know, kind of portray their primary message. Can these social media platforms serve as a replacement for the website or is a website extremely crucial to a company's uh, impression and brand? Yeah. So coming from a website guy, I know it's going to sound like I'm pushing it, but website all the way. Now I do have an exception. I'm not against social media at all. You can find me on LinkedIn, Facebook, wherever. Um, they are fantastic tools. And when you're on a budget, they are a great place to start. Um, but you need to realize they're not a website and they don't carry the power of it. Um, so when someone goes online and they're searching for a plumber in your area, they're not going to go to Facebook and just search the search bar in Facebook plumber. I'm in Elmira, New York. So plumber Elmira, New York. They're going to go straight to Google and your website is hopefully going to be the one that pops up. Um, Facebook, it's going to be tough to get it to do that. Another thing that I like to bring to light is a good friend of mine. They have uh, like a conference they put on every year and they were doing some promotion and they were Facebook live or something like that. And they accidentally played a song in the background that they didn't realize was copyrighted or something. And without warning, Facebook took down their page permanently um, and they won't give it back. They said, nope, you're banned. And they've tried creating other plat uh, pages with the same name and it, Facebook knows, so they just take it down and they'll never have a Facebook page again for the conference. I mean, they had probably close to 2000 likes on the page. It was pretty big. Um, so just a reminder, you don't own the social media platform you want, you're on. It could disappear tomorrow. A website, on the other hand, it's your property. Um, it's you, it's your brand, it's your company. So that's another reason that we always push for the website. And just like I said, nothing against social media. They're great tools. Um, you just want them to point back to the hub, which is your website. All right. So social media are more like salesmen going out to the road and getting customers onto your website. Yeah. The website is the destination you want them on and you want to convince them over there that you can be trusted, that you can provide the solution that they don't do. All right. Yeah. That makes sense. So we touched upon this a little earlier, 
But once you kind of demonstrate a little bit of your value by showing that the problems that you solve in the future that you propose, and maybe have a little bit of talk about what you do or what you provide, then you want to get into the CTS, call to actions. How do you structure the call to actions to make them to, I mean, to kind of result in a greater uh, conversion rate? How do you make sure that they are, they are streamlined and they're most customer friendly? Yeah, a couple of things. Um, the first one is don't get clever with them. Um, so for me, for example, on our website uh, right now, it's, it's book a call. I mean, that's what we want them to do. We don't say um, unlock your business potential. It's like, oh, what is that going to do when I click it? Book a call. You know exactly what's going to happen. You're going to talk to us about a website, but unlock your business potential. It's so vague. You want your call to actions to be strong. Buy now, get a quote, call now, whatever it is you're looking for your potential customer to do. And then you want them to repeat down the page. Um, and this is kind of controversial. Some people are like, oh, I don't want to ask that many times. But the more you repeat down the page, the more you're going to be right in front of their eyes. They're always going to have an option like, oh, I can book a call now. And when they see the first call now, so let's say up on where we had talked about before, the very beginning of the website, and then there's nothing below that, they're, they might just forget exactly what you're trying to get them to do. And the reason we repeat is because people don't understand something the first time. They need to be told to do it over and over and over. That's why we see the same commercials all the time. That's why we see the same branding all the time. The same thing with a call to action. Um, repeat four or five times down the page sporadically. Hey, book a call, book a call, call now, whatever it is. Um, and like I said, don't get cute and clever. Just make it clear. Right. And so for the call to actions, how should a company choose which one serves for them? So for example, for you, I'm sure that you had a choice between like watching a demo online or you could have an option of, you know, like uh, emailing you contacting you through an email or through social media or booking a call. How do people choose it? What's the most effective strategy from a website? Yeah. So you just want to ask yourself, what do you want a potential customer to do? How do you want them to get in contact with you? Are you trying to do a discovery call? Um, are you trying to come out and give them an estimate on their lawn? Are you wanting them to call you for a little bit more information? Um, it's kind of hard to say exactly. Um, you know, it really depends on the industry, but you really just need to ask yourself, what are we trying to get them to do? Do we want them to email us? Do we want them to fill out a form, do the demo request, like you said, and then address it from there. Um, so for example, if they needed to fill out a form and get a quote, you don't have to say, fill out a form to get a quote, just say, get a quote and then have it just scroll quick down to the form. That's a popular one. Um, call now. I mean, that's pretty self-explanatory. Um, but just really do some thinking and say, what is it? What's the main goal that we want them to do? And then turn your call to action into that. Okay. All right. No, that makes sense to me. I, I see that. So you're trying to make it easy. You're trying to put it forth in easy language and trying to get them to an action that you would like them. You like the next step mm -hmm. for them, whatever that is. Yeah. So I know website is a lot of, you know, changing, altering, you know, making it better each and every time. What are some core metrics? And these can be qualitative or quantitative um, that you should track on your website. And how can you use this to your advantage? Um, one of the, the tools that we just started using on our website that we that we really, really like is a heat map. Um, and for those of you who aren't familiar with that, um, basically heat map is like color coded, like a gradient over your website. And it shows where people are clicking 
um, so that you can get an idea because you might think that the flow of your website is great and it's the best thing since sliced bread and it represents your business so well, but your clients and your customers and potential customers might be clicking places that you had no idea. And for example, you'll see, oh wow, they're really focusing on this contact us button or they're scrolling down the, to this section and clicking here a lot. Maybe I should move this here so it's a lot easier to get to. Um, and you'll see exactly where the traffic is going. And then also, um, don't be too caught up in the analytics of a website and the numbers, um, but they do provide great tools as well to see how long maybe someone is on a specific page. Um, if they're just coming and then bouncing really quick, that will give you good ideas on um, if you really have a clear message and it's engaging because it'll stay a little bit longer. Um, so don't get too caught up in the numbers, um, but they are really helpful too. All right, okay. And then on a closing note, um, so when you, when you come with, when there's a potential customer that comes onto your website, they're looking around, they want to, you want them to kind of get the main information as soon as possible without having to do the homework, without having to scroll. How do you build that trust? Because I know there's a lot of discussion on um, testimonials, whether you should include these people, does that, is that an effective strategy to include past customers and how you even portray their message? What's your thoughts on having this as a, as a part of your website? Yeah, so the first one would definitely be the testimonials. They're great. And like I said before, there's there's a fine line between look how good we are and look how trustworthy we are. Um, and we typically don't put more than three or so testimonials on a page. Um, and then sometimes also putting um, some brand logos. I love that. It's not bragging, but it's just, hey, here are some names we've worked with. And then you can't really pretend like it's a fake review that you like wrote and it's this fake customer. It's like, Oh, they actually did work with these guys. And it's simple. Um, that's a great one. And then, uh, what was I going to say? Anyway, those, this, those two are really good uh, when it comes to building trust. Oh, the last one is speak in their language. Um, so a lot of times use terms that you've heard other customers talk about because it'll go all around. They'll all say the same things for us. It's um, you know, is this website going to be easy to fix down the road or does it take a lot of changes? Um, so those are just customer language. Just pay attention to that stuff. And that's a great way to build trust if you put that right into the copy as well. So those three things um, build a lot of trust with customers and that's what we're using. Okay. And all right, so last question. So any, is there any advice or any tip that you have for people who want to create their website, whether it's to focus on color or a font size that works for you or the top you know, the top column that works the best. Any tips? The biggest thing I would say, number one tip is words sell. Just plain and simple, they sell. Um, so if I were to go to a website that was designed by Apple, right? And they had terrible wording on it. I couldn't figure out what they did. And then I went to like a mediocre design website by maybe someone that isn't as good, but it told me exactly how they're going to make my life better. That's who I would go with. Design really just reinforces the words on the page. So make sure you have your message clear, simple, don't get too clever. And like I said, um, words sell. So that's what I would focus on. All right. Thank you so much, Sam. This was really informative. A lot of information packed into this. And I hope that I can apply these things in the future as well. Absolutely, man. Thanks so much for having me on. I appreciate it. Thank you. Hey everybody, before you go, thanks a ton for listening to the podcast. 
We would love it if you dropped us a rating on Apple Podcasts or wherever you're listening. It'll only take you about four seconds. Last thing, if you're in marketing or you simply love it and want to learn more, subscribe to our email list today. You'll get weekly podcast updates as well as a solid marketing tip delivered right to your inbox. So if you want that tip sent to you every single week, subscribe today at oneclickagency.com forward slash podcast. That's oneclickagency.com forward slash podcast and you'll get marketing advice that you can apply to your company right away. oneclickagency.com forward slash podcast.